Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. During this Advent season, we celebrate hope, peace, joy, love, and the arrival of Jesus. Join us for A Thrill of Hope. Why does the most wonderful time of year always seem to leave us wanting more? We look forward to the gifts, music, and traditions, but the presents and parties are never enough. What do we really need? What about the people closest to us? What do we all need? I'm excited about this new series that we're doing. I'm gonna go ahead and just start off with letting you know that I ran a 5K yesterday. So my legs, no, don't do that. Yeah, no, my legs are extremely tired. No, I just wanna sit down today. It has nothing to do with that, but my, I'm so sore, you have no idea. Today, we're talking about the thrill of hope, and we're talking about Advent, Advent simply is this, that it's, it means, and it's a Latin word for the coming or coming, and we use it for the coming of Christ. That's what Advent is all about. It's recognizing and it's understanding what it means for when Jesus came to this world, came to this earth. And it gives us a chance to sit back and to actually wait and to, to really soak in the whole season. If you're like me, I, I remember as a kid, and we talked about childlike faith a few times this year, and last year's Christmas sermon series was all about childlike faith. And I can think of when I was a kid, I was so excited for Christmas, and, um, which is obvious, right? I think all kids are just so pumped. They're so excited for Christmas and so excited uh, for Christmas Day and, and for all the other things that come along with Christmas. And I remember at some point when I was in high school, I kind of lost that, that excitement. I don't know what happened. I remember waking up and, I, you know, and, I, and it was Christmas again and, and, and I wasn't excited, as excited about Christmas morning and just the time of being around family and everything. It just didn't have that same luster that it used to have. And I remember going back and trying to watch all the cartoons, all the Charlie Browns, all the Garfield Christmases, all the Home Alone had just came out. So it was a little bit of that as well. Um, but uh, none of that would work. And I think it's because when we're kids, we understand what childlike faith is. We believe. And I think somewhere between being a child and growing into an adult, we lose that childlike faith. And so when we sit down and we're talking about Advent this year and we're slowing the season down and we get to be able to understand what the waiting is, when we're kids and we're waiting for Christmas, we're on the edge of our seat just in anticipation. We're, we're opening up, if you ever did an advent calendar, you're opening your advent calendar, you're counting down the days. There's, we have a countdown to Christmas at our house and Davis is obsessed with changing the numbers every single day. And, uh, and if he forgets, Alexa, how many days until Christmas? But the, the countdown is on. And, and I think that we get so riled up and so tossed into the mix of, of, of the season and, and being able to um, fit everything into the schedule, doing the shopping, 
uh, and all of that. And part of that is why we lose that childlike faith in Advent is for us being able to bring that back. Let's get that childlike faith back. Let's understand the reason for the season and let's take a good look at what is so important about this season and the coming of Christ as we wait during Advent, when we wait for the coming. And so um, I, I'll, I'll, we'll go ahead and just get it started. Our first verse is in, in, uh, in the Old Testament, it's Isaiah chapter, chapter 9. In this verse here, uh, Isaiah was a prophet, and there were several prophets um, at this time, and Isaiah was a prophet that, that uh, foresaw and, and was telling about this coming Savior. And in verse nine, um, in chapter 9, verse 2, he says this, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. And this is talking about what happens when Christ has come. When Christ comes, because remember, this is in the Old Testament. This is in the time of the old law. But he's, he's, he's prophesying what is to come with the birth of a Savior, the Messiah, Jesus, Emmanuel. Is there another verse after this one? Not yet, okay. So in this, in this moment right now, we see that he is prophesying this coming Savior and what he will mean to this world. There are people walking in darkness who have seen a great light. When we are walking with Christ, we are, we are the light. It's that song, we are, we are the light of the world. Uh, I'm singing two different versions of that song, but maybe you know what I'm talking about. Um, and then a light has dawned in those living in the land of darkness. So in this dark world, of sin and everything else that so easily ensnares us as scripture will tell us, we find ourselves in the path of the one who would save us from it all, who is Jesus the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us. He's going to be here on this earth and that's what Isaiah is talking about. And there were people that heard this and there was generations of people who were waiting for this Messiah to come. This was about 400 to 500 years between when Isaiah was prophesying this word to when Jesus actually came. And so you gotta figure 500 years ago, when, I don't know how to do the math on that, but you know, that was a long time ago, 1500s. That's a long time. We don't know anybody from that era. And generations and generations and generations have come and gone. And you can think about all the people in that time that were, would have been waiting for something to save them from the sin that they were held bondage to. See, at this time, they were living by the old law. The old law held, held them to a strict standard that nobody could live up to. And so people were failing just like we fail now, but they were living under a strict code or a strict law that prevented them from achieving eternal life. The one way that they could gain eternal life is by sacrificing animals and taking them to the temple uh, to sacrifice them. And it just became this long process that a lot of people just could not keep up with. And so we see this promise of a Messiah who would live and be the living sacrifice for our sins so that we would no longer have to be held to the bondage of the old law and be held bondage to our sin. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of the darkness. So today, in Advent, we light a candle. Now, um, I don't know if this is something that you have always done or you've been a part of as far as the tradition of it or if this is a new thing for you. Uh, this is a new thing for our family. Our family wants to do this this year and really sit down and focus on, on slowing down this season and allowing us to really take in a deep breath for what it all means. 
And so when we light this first candle, this first candle is the hope candle. It's also known as the prophet candle for all the prophets that, that prophesied the, the coming Christ, the Messiah, Emmanuel. And this, this first week of Advent is hope because there's the hope of the Savior to come. And so we light this candle today as the hope candle, the prophet candle, and it is a way for us to sit down again and just recognize and soak in what we're, uh, what we're learning and experiencing. And I would, I would challenge you to do something like this at your house. We have a wreath here. This wreath is, is um, typically an evergreen wreath, and the evergreen wreath, um, wreath uh, stands for life. And um, the fact that it's a circle, that it's an eternal circle, circles never end. And so our Father, our, our, our Savior, Jesus, uh, is an eternal savior. He saves us from our sins so that we can spend an eternity with him and it goes on and on and on and on and on. Last week we had the rope to demonstrate that. And so that's why there's some symbolism here. We have four candles, one for each of the next four weeks, including today. And then there's a fifth candle here that will light on Christmas Eve. And this symbolizes the birth of Jesus. And it's a little bit different, it's a little bit special. You can't see the sparkles on it, but it's got some sparkles on it because it's, you know, Jesus is, uh, is, is special like that. So today is the hope candle. And I was thinking about this yesterday. I mentioned that I was running in this race and uh, it, I'm not a runner. And uh, um, I've ran a few times and back in September, I think maybe late August, I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna take up running and I'm gonna do this thing. This is gonna be my thing. I can do this. I was competitive in high school. I can be competitive now at 34 years old and, uh, and just, I'm just gonna run. And I was like Forrest Gump, I was running, you know? And, um, and then, you know, a week later, I decided that that wasn't for me. Um, but I was working up to try to get to this, fi this 5K mileage, which is just a little over three miles. And... I think I crashed and burned at like 2.5 miles every single time. I could not make it there. I just, I, I, I had to stop running. And I was thinking about wearing headphones for the race yesterday. I decided not to because it was raining. But I think it turned out to be a really good thing because usually when I'm listening to my headphones, I talk myself out of running. And I'll say, okay, at the end of this song, I'm gonna give myself a break and I'm just gonna start walking for a little bit. Or I'm gonna I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a break, uh, you know, or or whatever. But I like I I, I convince myself, or I watch on the treadmill, or I watch, you know, in the distance. I'm, once I get to that tree, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put my hands in my head for just for a second, and I'm gonna take a breather. But I didn't do that yesterday. I didn't have the headphones, and and so when you're running the 5K, they have the little mile markers there, and and I remember running for a long time, thinking, okay, maybe they don't have mile markers here, and then um, eventually they did. The, the, the one mile showed up, and then. Um, and then I thought, okay, for sure there's miles. So now, now I've just got to wait for the two. And I, I, I told myself, I am not going to stop running. I'm just going to keep, I, had a, I felt good about my pace. I don't typically run, but I felt good about my pace. So I'm going to keep this pace. Justin, and I kept talking myself into it. You can keep this pace. You can keep this pace. And there were times where I felt like, you know what, I'm losing hope. But I kept thinking, you know what, that second mile marker is going to be right around the corner. So I'm going to keep the hope. The hope is alive. And then finally it came. And I thought, okay, that means I'm more than halfway there, so I can, I can handle this. So, and I ran, and, and, and I kept thinking, okay, that three, after a while, that three is going to be here soon too, right? And I kept looking in the distance because they had us meandering a little bit. And so I'm looking, where is it? And then I see some people. I'm like, oh, okay, they're not that far. It's going to be good. And then I realized it's this huge bend that I had to run around before I could get to where those people were. 
But again, I kept the hope for the third mile sign because I knew when I saw the third mile sign, it's just point two after that. I can make this thing. I'm gonna run this thing out. And so the hope of, of being able to see that next sign is what kept me going. And I think about, and this is no way related at all, but I can think about soldiers who are at war and they receive letters from home. And those, those letters are what keep them alive in many scenarios, not because it helps them fight or anything like that, but it gives them hope. It gives them hope of returning to home. And so when we light this candle today, we're talking about the hope that Jesus gives us. And at this time in the Old Testament, that's all they could expect. That's all that they could wait for was this, this coming Messiah that would, would save them from their sins, that they would not be trapped into the old law the way that it was that there was a light, that this whole world seems so dark, but as we light the candle, one candle, if we took all the lights off out of here, if we covered all the windows and it was completely dark in here and we lit one candle, we'd be able to see decent enough to make our way around in this room. But otherwise, it would be a pitch dark room because light can overcome the darkness and that's what's so important about Jesus and that's what's so important about this season and that's what's so important about you having a personal relationship with Jesus that you become the light. When Jesus comes into your life, when you admit that you're a sinner and when you invite him to be a part of your life and you uh, confess your sins to him, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. It, it resides inside of you and you become the light. You become the light of the world. Jesus is no longer here. The Holy Spirit is here and he resides in you to be the light in this world. And so when we light a candle of hope and we're talking about being the light in this world, Jesus is the light he came here to save us from our sins. He left and he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit and we can be the light of the world. Our second verse that I'm gonna to read to you is also in um, Isaiah. It's in Isaiah chapter two. It says, the vision that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the last days of the mountain of the Lord's house will be established at the top of the mountains and will be raised above the hills. The nations will, will stream to it and many peoples will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us about his ways so that we may walk in his paths. For instruction will go out of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he will settle disputes among the nations and provide, uh, help me out with that one. Arbitration. Arbitration, there we go. The word was there, but I was trying to say something else. For many people, they will turn their swords into plows and their spears into pruning knives. Nations will not take up the sword against the other nations and they will never again train for the war. So what's different in this set of verses is this. The verse that we read before, it was talking about the coming of Christ, coming of Messiah, coming of God, Emmanuel, God with us, which happened 2,000 years ago. He became the savior of the world who lived, breathed, and died for us. He became a king of all kings, a humble servant. But he's no longer here, but he's coming back. And so Isaiah is prophesying the second coming. So let us all walk into the Lord's light. This is prophesying the second coming of Jesus. So back in the Old Testament, they had the hope of the first coming of Christ and what that meant for the forgiveness of sins. And then now as we sit here today, we have this same hope for the return of Christ that when he comes back, he will bring peace to all the earth. That all the nations would be able to go to him because he's that powerful. 
because in this world full of hate and turmoil and negativity and things that still hold us down, Jesus is still Savior and he's coming back to, keep, uh, to, 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 to rid us from that, to make us free from all of that. And every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And that's in the second coming. And that's what we can be looking forward to. That's what we have the excitement for, for when Jesus comes back to save us from all of this. And so when we light a candle of hope, we understand that he is the light of the world. When we have a relationship with him, we are the light of the world. But the light is also returning to save us all. And the, the third verse that I have for you is this. Isaiah chapter seven, verse 13. Isaiah said, listen, the house of David, it is not enough for you to try the patience of men. Will you also try the patience of my God? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and have a son and name him Emmanuel. And that is the idea of, of, of who he is. And that's what I love when I can go back and I can look at the promise of Jesus. A lot of people will say, well, you know, anybody could have done that. Anybody could have said that they were this or anybody could have. He prophesied what would happen. We can look at this scripture in the Old Testament as a sign that he is a God who makes promises and he keeps promises. He was prophesying the word of the Lord that God himself would come and it would be in the form of, of a virgin that would conceive and have a son, and the son would be named Emmanuel, God with us. And so when we read this, we know that we have a lot to hope for in the future based on the word of the Lord. So I, I wanna challenge you and your families this season to be able to, to take a look and slow down this season and spend some time with Lord and just be just challenge your family to, to have a time where you can do that. I think with, things get so crazy and there's so much stuff going on. I, I, would, I would love for you to be able to do that. And one of the ways that I, I would encourage you to do it and have, um, have a daily scripture, have something happening, is you could follow us on social media. We have an Instagram account and a Facebook account that through the month of December up till Christmas, all through Advent, we're gonna be posting a devotional uh, type of word for you to be able to read and then discover a little bit more, maybe with your family, maybe just you personally and individually. But it's there for you to be able to learn and grow. And, and as pastor, I would, I'm challenging you to do that because if you miss out on this opportunity, if you miss out on this time to be able to really grow in the Lord when, when we're talking about Jesus and, and, and what's so important for us uh, as, as believers in the Christmas season, uh, we're missing out on a great opportunity if we don't do so. And so we're, we're gonna be doing this every single week where we light a different candle. Uh, we're gonna be talking about peace. We talk about hope. We're gonna talk about peace. We're gonna talk about joy. We're gonna talk about love and um, I say them all? Which one did I miss? I said them all. So, but anyway, um, I'm really looking forward to this. I think this will be a great time for us to grow as a, as a, as a church family, grow as a, as a, a body of believers. And uh, there's a great opportunity for us at the end of this. And at the end is our Christmas Eve service. Our Christmas Eve service is a great way for us to invite people to be a part of something um, that is different than what we do on a Sunday morning. A lot of people are willing to go to church on a Christmas Eve to, to just be a part of that. We're gonna have kids that are gonna sing. Uh, they're gonna sing a song uh, that uh, is just a great song. 
And, um, and then we're gonna do, um, we're gonna have carolers down there to, to kind of make things a little bit more fun. We're gonna have, a, uh, um, uh, we're gonna sing um, Silent Night together and have candles. It's just a special time. But it's a time when people who are lost, who are looking for that light, that are searching for hope, they desire it and they don't really even know it sometimes but it's an opportunity for us to engage with them and invite them to be a part of something special. Research is out there that would say, you know what? People are more likely to come to a Christmas Eve sermon service or an Easter service before they'll come to anything else at the church. And for us, we're renting out a local place that may be familiar to some people. They do yoga, they do kickboxing, and karate and weddings and all kinds of things over there all the time. I'm up there once a week with the Rotary Club. People are up there all the time. So it's a familiar place for people. It's a comfortable place for people. And they would probably be willing to go if you invited them. When we're talking about being the light of the world, there's no greater thing that you could ever do than just have that personal invite. Just when we light candles together on a Christmas Eve, one candle touching the other candle wick, the light is passed on. And that's exactly what happens when we start to use our light for good. Don't let anybody extinguish it because that is what carries on. That is the hope of the world. The church is the hope of the world. So anytime that we can invite somebody to be a part of something that we're doing, we're helping spread that light. We're helping growing the kingdom. It's not about growing the church. That would be great. But that's not goal number one. Goal number one is growing the kingdom. It's allowing people to understand who Jesus is and understand that he is the savior of all the world. And a relationship with him changes everything. Hope changes everything. And I wanna invite you now to make that decision to invite Jesus to come into your life if you haven't already done so. If you have, I have a challenge for you as well. But let's go to the Lord in prayer for this time. Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for this service. We thank you for the reminders of Advent. Lord, I pray that it would just not end here, that this would only just be the beginning. That when we see this candle lit up here today, that it would be a reminder that you are the light of the world and the torch has been passed to us. So Lord, I pray that you would challenge us today tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, to be the light in every world that we're in because all around us, every single place that we go, there is darkness. And Lord, you are King of Kings. And there are a lot of people that went after your crown, but you took it. It is solely yours. So Lord, I pray that you would challenge us today to be the light, to share the light, to do something extraordinary with that light and introduce you to somebody that's out there now that doesn't know you. And Lord, if there's anybody in here today that say, I don't know you, would say, I don't know what's gonna happen to me when I die. Very simply, it's, you're not under the old law. You don't have to say this prayer. You don't have to do this thing. You don't have to light a candle. That's all religious things. It's all religion. But the number one thing that Jesus wants from you is your heart. I ask you to surrender your heart to Jesus today. 
you'd say this. You'd say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I do things wrong and I need a savior. I know that you died for my sins. I wanna ask that you come into my life. Forgive me and change me. Help me live my life the best way I know how by loving and serving you. For anybody else in the room that would say, you know what, I've done that before. I've heard you say that a million times. What applies to me? I would challenge you to have a special time with the Lord that would say this. Jesus, help me slow down. Help me recognize this Christmas time what's really important. The love, the peace, the joy, and the hope that you offer. These are all things I know, but maybe I don't know them well enough. Or maybe I need to be reminded. So Jesus, help me. Maybe you're begging him, saying, Jesus, I'm begging you. Help me understand you just a little bit more. Help me find you this Christmas season in a way that I've never been able to experience or see you. We thank you for this day and we thank you for this sweet time today of being able to learn a little bit about you. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.